Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to This Will Be Named Later, a podcast about content creators, the creative culture, if you will. Now, this is a part where I act all professional and tell you what the podcast is about, but I'm not really good at being professional, so let's just keep it a buck. And like I said, we talk about creators from all walks of life, from all mediums, you know, modders, um, podcasters, video content creators, vloggers, bloggers, everybody in between. But more specifically, at this juncture, we're talking about wrestling creators because a lot of us are underserved in the wrestling community, but there's a lot of us creating content. And a lot of content that needs to be consumed, that needs to be known about, and needs to be discussed, distributed, and brought forth into a bigger light. So I hope that with this podcast, we can do that and shine a light on some of these people that are making dope-ass stuff for the wrestling community. So my guest today on this podcast, actually this was recorded a week ago, full disclosure, but uh, we're, we're debuting it today, is Shannon Williams. He is a game developer. This was by far and away, because um, I've interviewed people before in, in other mediums, and this is one of the most enjoyable podcasts that I had the pleasure of sitting down and just, you know, talking to this young man about, about you know, how he got started, some trials and tribulations, you know, basically doing things on his own, on his own uh, volition, making choices that would, you know, change his life. So it was a fun talk. It was enjoyable. I'm an energy vampire, so all of those good vibes are just fed off and it left me with a buzz for about at least three straight days. So I want you all to sit back, relax. We're going to do this in two parts for the simple fact that this conversation ran almost two hours. And I know that sometimes people are very iffy with the time. So we're going to we're going to break this up into two chunks. Part one will be now. Uh, and in the future, if, you know, people may want more longer form content and one uh, one kibosh, one kabang, we'll do that. But for now, we're doing two parts. This is part one. Of my talk with Shannon Williams. Let's get it going. Oh, yeah. I, I also, sorry about that. You, you thought I was gone, but no. Before we begin, I also just wanted to make a quick note that there were some audio issues on uh, Shannon's end for the first couple of minutes. We resolved them about maybe the 15 minute mark. So just be aware of that. There's a little bit of crackling. I didn't really want to edit it out because the, the information between between the crackling was, was pretty good. So, you know, just bear with us. It gets better. All right, now officially we gonna start. So let's get let's get it going. Let's go right now in three, two, one, bang! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of this will be named later. Uh, my guest is a very special guest, the inaugural guest for uh, for this podcast. He is a creator, not of just content, but of games, and more specifically, wrestling games. He is. Uh, I guess the owner, founder, ruler, Grand Pooba of Grind City Games. I said that right, right? Grind City Games? Yes, sir. Grind City Gaming Studios.com and Grind City Games, Spot Callers Wrestling, the one, the only. Introduce yourself. Shannon Williams. So, um, what's up, everybody? I'm I'm excited to, you know, get into it, man. Uh, Thank you for having me on, first of all. No, no, No problem. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into some good stuff today. Good stuff tonight. Yes. All right. So, the way the way I found I found out about about uh, you is obviously through Twitter. And first and foremost, Twitter can be the best thing. It could also be the very worst thing. But we're not talking about that. So, I saw a tweet that said, "I told my job I'm working on a game and they fired me." So <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that's that's a joke. Like it's a joke, right? Please tell it, me that's 
It's a halfway joke. Oh. I can I can go deeper whenever you want to. It's a right. halfway joke. Okay, so we'll, we'll get that to that in a, in a bit. So I saw that. I was like, oh, that's that's weird. So I clicked, <laughs> and then I see you know I see spot callers wrestling. I'm like, all right, what the what's this? So then I and then I go to the site, and then I'm like, all right, the site looks you know very informative on basically what it is, and it's it's a wrestling game, and this is the thing. Uh, do you do you play do you play the, you play the two K games right the the WW2K so, games? Yes. I mean, I played up until 2K14. Okay. Now I just own them, but I don't play them at all. All right. Well, well, if if in case you, you knew or didn't know, 2K20 came out, and it was a garbage fire. So because it is so trash, it seems like content creators all over are just like, enough. So people are playing older games. People are modding games, like going full tilt. And then it just seems like you kind of, sh- I know that it's just like just dramatic irony because this is not, oh, this game sucks. I'm going to make my own game. But you, you know, right. it's just really serendipitous to see this. So I'm looking at your desired features. And this is this is the part that got me. So it's like indie wrestler role play. Pay your dues and wrestle around the world. Create an arena. Design the arena of your dreams. Unique experiences. One move system allows your wrestler uh, allows you to wrestle, wrestle how you want. Massive real time move sets. Access more moves. Thank you, motorcycle. Relax. <laughs> more moves <laughs> real time than any wrestling game before. Build your own promotion from the stages. Manage your budget. Run pay per views uh, and build and build a reputation. The merch system and it, and it goes on and on. And I'm thinking like this is basically. Anyone who ever envisioned a wrestling game, they don't envision it to be like just oh let's just fight. They envision these specific features. A lot of them, the mo- most of the creative ones. Are you are you familiar at all with like Adam Ryland by any chance? I'm not. I'm the, not. Actually. The, the TEW games. Do that. Does that ring a bell at all? Yeah, I heard of those. That's I did, the dude. I did hear about those. Yep. So basically, the the point I'm making is is that your feature set and your concept for wrestling. Because you you said uh, in in your in your. Uh, and your manifesto that it, that it's turn based. Mm-hmm. So, like, how, how does that how does that work? Is that like uh break that down for me? Because I find that to be fascinating. Because I run a competitive league, and you know we we just people like to fight. But you also got to remember things like Supercard are very popular, and that's basically turn based. And you have all these other t- different types of wrestling games that are incredibly popular, and they're not just full real time. But but yours is turn based. So if 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 you don't mind, you want to just elaborate on that. Yeah, so um, when I when I actually came up with this concept, and I'll go into this deeper as well, um, I started with four or five different versions of this game. Like over the past four years, it's actually evolved. And um, what I wound up landing on was something that captured what it was like to be a professional wrestler um, in the ring real time and also before you get into a match. So I, I spent a lot of time going around the independent promotions, going to the wrestling schools, where in the Midwest, when I was working on the original concept, and I would notice how wrestlers would take their time and really plan out a match. Like most of them, like not everyone, mm-hmm. but most of them, they they would. And these were rookies and vets, like vets from TNA who were there, and they would talk about, okay, what are the, some of the spots we want to hit? And I noticed that a lot of the time it, it would be a back and forth type thing, where it's like, okay, I'll hit these three moves, and then I want you to fire back and hit me with you know something like this. And I always thought that that back and forth, that tit for tat element of professional wrestling, kind of felt lost in wrestling games. It, mm-hmm. it, it was something that, um, especially me playing a lot of the older games, yeah. I felt like it was more just random. Like I just wanted to beat my opponent down, and that was it. Yeah, so, one-sided. Yeah. So for this, I wanted to make it where 
um, the object of the game is to actually put on an amazing match with your opponent. So it's, it's less about a one-sided affair and more about a teamwork, um, collective effort type deal. Okay. So when you actually are take like the turn-based part comes into play because um, each time your opponent does a move, you have the ability to do a move depending on the amount of energy you have, right? Mm-hmm. So energy is basically stamina. You just want to make sure you're keeping track of that. So the way that um, you lose energy is by doing moves. The way that you are able to obtain energy, however, is by doing rest holds, selling. Like I, I actually made it a button, a card where you can sell different mm-hmm. part bites. And I think that's something that'll make matches just feel a lot more real because you, you're not always on the attack. It's not always going to be back and forth, but there are those times where things will go back and forth and maybe, you know, you've used a lot of energy going back and forth. So now you just want to sell for the next four or five turns. But while you're selling, you're getting your energy up. So now while your opponent, you know, has to get his energy back up or her energy back up, you're able to take advantage. So it's more of a, a cohesive flow. And I think a lot of that will start coming together and being a lot more apparent the further I get into the game's development. So when I start throwing in um, a lot more unique moves um, and balancing the moves out and actually putting values to them so that um, the damage is accurate or the amount of energy it takes is accurate or the tier required to pull the move off is accurate, I really think all of these things coming together will make the experience something completely unique. I mean, like, just listening to it, it sounds like, 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 like a, a really, a really dope spin on the genre. Cause I know everyone just likes like, you know, live action and I, and I do too, but I also sometimes like to sit back, back and th- kind of think and plot. So I'm noticing on the, on like the, the, the initial graphics that you, that you've displayed, you know, it has 3d, you know, 3d rendered models and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're rendering 3d models. Correct. Yep. Okay. So basically, you have the the cards act as like your your planning phase. So is it like a planning phase, and then it plays out a sequence, and then once that sequence done, it starts like uh, uh, the next you know the next like uh, amount of cards that you and your opponent go back and forth with. Yeah. So um, a uh, uh, good way to the current state. Let me say the current yeah, state. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know everything's sub- subject yeah, to change. Yeah. I, I, I got along. you. Yeah. But in this current state, the way it works is um, that you choose your wrestlers. You have an entrance, right? Uh-huh. Um, the entrances, and then you're in the ring. And I haven't figured out who will go first or however that'll look yet. But um, what you'll be presented with is if you're on tier one, um, it, there is a way to start on tier two, mm-hmm. and. You know, doing that would just require more pre-build before the match. But let's just say you're starting on Tier 1. Um, mm-hmm. You would be presented with all of your available Tier 1 moves. So that's um, a headlock, a shoulder block, um, you know, a, a light punch, light chop, whatever it is. And you could go ahead and choose whatever move you want to do first. And it's similar to um, trying to think of... Magic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Magic well, yeah, you, there's a couple. You got, you got, because I don't, I don't play Supercar, but like... I, I know Magic the Gathering. I know like Hearthstone, but like mm-hmm. it, it feels like this is a this is like a, almost a card game and then a three D game in the fact yeah. that you know you, you play out your, your your sequence and then you know the the three D elements come into the play the 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 graphics the moves and everything and then you go back to your holding pattern and you I guess the the object is is that over time you know you you build out and build your uh, wear down your opponent. But let me let me ask you this like so. Is there any kind of plan? This is just the top of my head because thinking about those kind of games, like if we're going to consider it like a car, is, is it fair to assume that it's 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 a hybrid? But is it fair to assume that it's also uh, uh, an embedded card game? Also, yes, yeah. Okay, so 
are there plans to to be because see the thing with card games is a lot of times uh, it, it comes down to uh, you know card economy so how would players get like maybe specific cards yeah so um this actually it's a couple of different ways that i have it planned out and how i want to execute it um i really want the story slash career mode that mm-hmm. feature the my indie mode to to really encompass the entire game like i, I feel like that should be the game okay um, and when you are doing like quote-unquote exhibition matches that's basically you watching tape like you okay watch other matches gotcha um so the way i'm envisioning you unlocking new moves is going to a training school and actually deciding what move you want to unlock based on the moves that you're allowed to unlock mm-hmm. and then paying you know x amount of vc um, and I'm, I'm not really sure how I want to do VC yet. I know I want to do VC for money, but maybe I have to do a VC for the amount of time you have. And, you know, the amount of time that you have allotted is, you know, how many moves you're actually able to unlock. So mm. you, you will go to the wrestling school and say, okay, um, I have two hours allotted. So then let's say if you wanted to learn the Styles Clash, if that move takes uh, one hour to learn, then you can unlock the Styles Clash and still have more time left to unlock another move unless you want to use your time for something else. So um, based on that, you will be able to add it to your inventory. Now, the way the moves are going to be like the actual move sets, I'm thinking about just really making that unlimited. Like, I don't think there should really be um, too much of a limit. Like, of course, like a thousand cards is something that's crazy. But um, that's a lot of database space. (laughs) Yeah, but this is this is also the thing, though. Um, I'm not holding these moves in a um, in the cloud database. Okay. So that's something that I did ponder on for quite some time and maybe for created moves, I'll do that. But the rest of the moves will actually be inside of the game, um, hard-coded inside of the game because Unreal has a nice database system that I can okay. use. And I, I plan on just putting the moves inside of there so when updates come, yeah, you have to do a manual update um, or whatever the update thing is to actually update the game instead of just going in and all the moves being there. But I'll have a lot more control over the moves. I don't have to worry about it getting wiped out. Okay. And, uh, everybody losing the moves and stuff like that. And um, I think it'll just add a little more control. So yeah, the I'm I'm already aware like that is going to be a lot of moves because I have a lot of moves I want to throw in the game yeah. myself. But I but do think. Think, yeah. thinking thinking about it like like from from a, a monetization standpoint because at the end of the day you know these are passion projects obviously but you do have to recoup cost and you know you you gotta you gotta make something but the thing is if it's something good people will gladly you know toss toss bread yep. no no question so like you have a really good opportunity with this to kind of you know give people what they want and then give them just enough control. Like to be like, all right, cool. Maybe I want that. All right, cool. I can get that. Oh, I want this. I gotta work a little hard for it. All right, great. Like yep. that's the delicate balance with with card games. So there's there's like there's a lot of card games that maybe you might want to look into. I don't know if you have or haven't, but like there's there's a a, a lot of uh, cautionary tales. I'll give you a hint. Hex to TCG. I spent a hundred and twenty five dollars to for the for the pre uh you know to a Kickstarter on that bad boy, and uh-huh. literally a month later, Hearthstone came out. <laughs> So, yeah. so, yeah. I got that on my phone. Yes, yeah, so I was out $125, uh, $50. I mean, I try to play the game now, but it's like, why bother? And they have yeah. an in-game they have also they also have their own the one thing I do like about it is that they have um 
players can also uh, they have like an auction house so players can also uh, uh, sell like their cards. So w- mm-hmm. would you would you think about having something like that too, where players can have I don't know maybe in the wrestling sense they have like their own little dojo or whatever, which is their auction house, and they can put up oh I got like the Batista bite or whatever the piece the the Batista bomb that does maybe an extra like four damage or something like that. Oh. Like if they want to sell if they want to sell that. So I mean I haven't thought about that aspect for the moves just because it's I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to map it out more um, realistic in my head where okay. if you learn the move you wouldn't necessarily forget how to do the move you got you me? got you so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. in order for you to trade it off it would be as if you forgot how to do the move and um, but okay. elements of that I can definitely add because what I'm what I'm actually put like some or for instance what you just said that's something that would work great with um, the move designer. So if we if I when I do create the tool and if I let people actually build their own moves and release their own moves, that's uh, that's something that I think people should be able to pay for uh, with DC. And that's something I always felt like should have been a thing with community creations. Like when people upload wrestlers and they spend all this time dedicating to just creating characters, because that's what I used to do. I did that for years, just making wrestlers in arenas. I feel like you should get DC for it when people download it. Like, if, I like if, that. If you want to put up an, um, an AEW arena, for instance, if you want to say, okay, here's an AEW arena, it's fully decked out, it's 500 VC, I think people would be willing to use whatever VC they have to download that arena. And that's the same type of um, mechanic I think will work with moves. Like if you created a, a Stinger Splash and it was like the best looking Stinger Splash on the marketplace, I think you should have the ability to add um, a VC price for it and then obtain VC every time you do it. I feel like that not only does that reward the um, players you know, for making it, but it also just gives people more incentive to work harder at improving their craft. Because if people aren't willing to pay any VC, like if I if I just suck and people don't yeah. want to pay any VC for any of my stuff, it should motivate me to be like, okay, well, maybe I need to check out what these top sellers are doing and make my stuff um, a lot better. And then it also would give. I'm really trying to think like, how can I how can I make this game um, live for a long time? Like I, I really want this game not to die after one month of coming out. So I feel like I'd be able to have contests like that where. Um, whoever has the most VC based on just getting um, downloads, like whoever has the most downloads, different things like that, they should be able to get a prize at the end of the month. Like these are a lot of ideas that I have that never came to fruition with the 2K series and yeah. with being a lot more hands-on and um, being from the community. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to be dope <laughs> once we get it. Once I get this game to a, a point where it can kind of. Uh, run on its own and only thing I need to do is really maintenance and up, upgrading new features I think people will really um, feel the freedom and make some amazing stuff like I was watching um, it's, it's a pastor named Joel Osteen and I was watching one of his ser- sermons earlier uh-huh. and I was looking at his stage and this is the wrestling fan to me and I was looking at the stage he was on the church stage I'm like man that'd be dope as hell in my game <laughs> if somebody made a <laughs> Joel Osteen church like I, I, and that's the type of creativity I wanted to allow in the game, which is why I've been spending um, close to a month now just on the creation suite. Like, like if you think about how much time I spent on the creating arena, now on the creative wrestler, yeah, I'm trying to give people options right now. So, uh, yeah, that sounds. I, I, I like that. See, because I'm I'm bred a little a little different that. My thing is, I'm just immediately worried about people trying to cheat or game the system. 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know like I don't know what you can do. I guess the only way you'll know is is when you know when it's time. So the only the only advice on that I I could say is um is maybe like have have a, a like a dedicated squad of like crazy full on like I gotta find everything quality quality assurance people because two K two K twenty did not have those people. I don't they they did not have any kind of quality assurance. So I think if you get somebody out there. Uh, on your team that's dedicated to trying to cheat or break the game, that'll probably help you out, like in you know exp- exponentially in yeah. the in the in the process of this stuff. So yeah, I, sounds like a great idea. Actually, I'm um, I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna put a petition out there. I mean, not a petition, but, um, <laughs> something out there to say, hey, if you want to take part in breaking this game, go ahead and join right now. I'm I, uh, I'm hooking up a better mic. So all right, you got it. I'll pause. I'll pause it right now. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Your mic is you got the mic issue sorted. I think you do, right? Yep. See, see how professional we are. It only takes a second to fix the audio. <laughs> As that's what happens when you got professionals on both sides of the screen. So before <laughs> before we go back to the game, because I'm very bad at this job, I actually also wanted to break down um your little bio at the bottom because I find your bio to be like mad mad fascinating because you got val- val- valedictorian um <laughs> and you got that from Full Sail, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. You had a. You said you at one point in the, in the bio that you had like a full ride scholarship and you opted. I went ahead. I went ahead. So you know, you rather than go on the full ride, but you had a full ride scholarship. But what was it for? Um, it was it was um, for academics actually. Okay. Yeah. You had a full damn. That's and you you said nah. I'm a, I'm gonna pursue the dream. What made what what like what what put you in that mode to do that? Because it takes a special kind of person to just to be like nah. I'm a, I gotta try. I mean, I, I think it was um it was it was a nice mix of different things. So first off, I'm I'm crazy stubborn. Okay. Um, and when I when I make my mind up, it's typically pretty pretty um stone sewn up. You know, I'm not really gonna change it. So yeah. when I realized I was I was in the wrong field because I let me tell you how many times I switched my major. Um, I went in nursing, switched to undecided. Okay. Switch to um, business and entrepreneurship. Okay. Switch to marketing. <laughs> then switch to computer engineering because computer engineering was the closest thing that my college had to game okay. game design. Okay. And I, I realized I just wasn't happy in any of those fields, so I taught myself game design at home. Mm. One summer I was broke. Actually, I just left a job at Nike, and I I had to leave the job. Because I couldn't make the commute back and forth from Detroit all the way to um, Auburn Hills. Yeah. So um, when I left that job, I was really in a place where I was lost. You know, I was 19 years old. It, okay. it, it was it was confusing for me. I'm like, I don't know what I have um, to do in my life to really be happy. But I just knew I wasn't happy. And okay. what made me happy was spending time in professional wrestling games, creating wrestlers, creating arenas and creating vibes. That's what I call it. I call it creating vibes. Okay. So um, I spent a lot of my time creating ruthless aggression calls, and I did that for years. And then eventually I was like, you know, I, I want to make a TNA game. It was, um, it was a guy named Element Games on YouTube. And I, kept seeing, I kept seeing them do all of these different um, TNA game concepts. And I was like, wow, I don't think they're going to release another game, but it would be dope if I was the person to make it. So um, <laughs> my, my young, I just spent a lot of time making TNA stuff in my game, and then my younger brother came. He was like, "You know, you gonna mess around and make your own wrestling game." And I, at, at the time, like that moment, he said, "I'm like, yeah, whatever." 
And then um, the next week, I was looking up game design and how to do it. And I spent two months or two or three months my entire summer learning how to create characters. And uh, from there, I got a job in training um, to actually build out video games. Okay. And I mean, to build out instructional design material. That's what it was. So I was building out PowerPoints and stuff. And then I talked to my leader at that time and said, hey, can I start building games? Because that's really what I have a passion for. And she was like, yeah, go ahead. So I started building games. Um, did a game for the Avengers, did one for Barry Sanders, and one for NCAA. We did um, Augmented Reality Experience for them. And during all of this, I was really, I was still in school. So this is after, when I got the job, the job told me they would do tuition reimbursement. Okay. So that's what really gave me the courage to leave my um, my scholarship because they told me, hey, after you stay, after you're here for a year, so if you get hired, first off, so I okay. wasn't hired yet i was an intern yeah, and yeah. Told, uh, if we decide to keep you we'll do tuition reimbursement so we'll pay for you to go back to school and i was like all right cool so um i decided to go back and i tried it was a college named wayne state university in michigan and i tried that i did good i actually passed my classes and after that semester i was like man i'm dreading going back to class like i really just don't want to go back and my coworker was like man if you're gonna get your college degree you might as well just get it in something you love and at this point, I started doing the game design. So um, I decided to go ahead and go ahead uh, to go ahead and go ahead. I decided Don't worry to go about it. It's all good. The, um, Full Sail University. And yeah, that's 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 what made me make that move. And I did it all online, ironically. Okay. I got my entire degree online. And um, when I came out here for my graduation, that is the day I found out I was valedictorian. <laughs> like, across the state. I swear. And I see I the photo. You, it just it just has your name in big ass letters with a bunch of people in front of you. I swear that was that was what that's how it happened. Like I didn't even know. See, I was doubting myself. Yeah. I, I want you if you take anything from this to like as like a highlight, I really want you to get this part because I feel like there are a lot of people who will probably resonate with this. But the thing is, I got my degree. But I never felt like I was as good as I wanted to be. I never felt like I was as good as my classmates. Like yeah. I just always had that self doubt. <laughs> and um, when I went to my graduation, and you know they were like, "All right, here, here's um the stuff you need. You know the tassels and everything." Yeah, yeah. And um, they were like, "Do you want to get your?" And they were, "Oh no, this is what they said." They were like, "Okay, um, here is for one award that you got from the teacher, and here is um, oh, do you want your valedictorian?" And I'm like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as you, you were valedictorian of your class, so you get one of the things that goes around your neck. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me get that. So um, I wound up getting that. And then, Tim, so I didn't tell my family. My family didn't even know I was valedictorian. I wanted to save it as a surprise. So then that when my name came across, and they were like, that's valedictorian of the class. They, you know, they, they lost their mind a little. It was fun. But it was uh, it was cool because I was val- this was my second time being a valedictorian. I oh, was also damn. Uh, valedictorian of my eighth grade class okay but my eighth grade class was so small i didn't really i never talked about it i'm like well, it was only five of us yeah but this was a much bigger thing because it was like i finally went to college and that when i walked across the stage and they told me i was valedictorian that's what really made me realize okay i might have a future in this if i keep going um and don't give up on it so uh when i walked outside out and funny story is you see the screen that my name is across yeah that's the nxt stage right there ah! Shout yeah. out to NXT. Yeah, shout out to NXT. So um, when I was on my way to come to Florida, getting ready for the graduation, we were actually on the flight, and I called Full Sail like, "Hey, um, 
I just graduated. I just wanted to come look at the NXT stage. Like, is it set up? You know, me being a wrestling mark, I am. And yeah. they were like, you can't, you can't really check it out because we don't have the rights to it. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang. And then when I walked in the room to walk the stage, I saw, I was like, oh, sh-. I was like, this is NXT. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm asking everybody that I walk past that's faculty. I'm like, is this real shoot NXT? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know why I needed more than one person to verify, but you never know, it. man. Yeah. So um, after I walked out the building, um, after I walked out of Full Sail Live, you know, they always do a shot on NXT where they show the front and it says Full Sail Live. Yes. So I was right out there because that's where we parked our car. Mm-hmm. And um, I got in the car and I was looking at the palm trees and I'm like, I regret not coming here for college. And I'm not I'm not making having any more regrets in my life. So as soon as I got back home, this is August, mind you. As soon as I got back home, um, I found an apartment out here um, and moved in October. So that's literally two months that I did all of this. And um, I, I wasn't even out of my league. Let me tell you about God. I'm a, I'm a strong believer in God, but I got to tell you something about God. Go ahead. Me. So this is how God works. I, my lease, I had just signed a new lease at my apartment. Yeah. I was supposed to be at my apartment until July of next year. Mind you, that's how I had signed my lease a month before I decided to move. So I'm technically was supposed to still be paying for my rent until, you know, they found somebody else to move in. Yeah. But um the way God made it, they just never hit me up. Like, it never bothered I, you? never bothered me. I went on the site to try to find, you know, where I could pay and everything. And they every time I go, there's no bill. So I'm like, wow, the money that I had um, saved up is the money that I'm still able to keep. And um, it's to the point where today I actually I got my first job out here. And um, it's dope because I get to work for my my school. You know, okay. I get to work for my school now in some capacity. And then it, it's just the opportunities out here are endless. I'm sorry, I start rambling. No, 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 no. Look, dude, like I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it hundred. Like you don't know much about me, but the people that listen that do know about me, they know I'm a very like I said, like like the, the tweet when I was like that warmed my cold black heart. Like I'm not super duper religious. I'm kind of spiritual because of the experiences I have. But like you mm-hmm. sound like my pop. My pop was like God is good, boy. And I'm like all right, well, <laughs> but it's working out for him. He was hit by a car in July, and he's walking around. He's already walking around uh, in August. So it's all good uh, so i you know it works for people and it, it works for you and I, I it's just dope i like i like the story i like how you're like i don't know if i'm good enough man i don't know if i'm good enough like, hey you vibe victoria excuse me like i love that kind of <laughs> stuff man that stuff makes me happy i need to be around people to make me happy that's amazing man I appreciate so, that. so so the job so the job that was that you was talking about that was giving you grub i'm, I'm assuming it's not this one because this sounds like a good job where they're uh, like uh, you're uh, no. good but I tell, right. if you want to go into that we can go into that we can go. We can go wherever okay. you want. We can go wherever so, you want to go. But but uh, damn, I had a yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Um, so the job that I told you about, um, that told me they would do the tuition reimbursement is the job that this all happened at. Okay. And um, everything was going good. You know, I made my own team and everything. Um, they wanted to moving me to a team, a different team, mm-hmm. where the person who was over the team knew nothing about game design, none of that. He was just like. Okay, we want y'all to build websites that bring money. It's like, okay, well, yeah, it's like asking a janitor to um, build you a PowerPoint app. It's like, that's yep. not how it works. It's you a can't suit. Just transition people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, then after that, like when everything started going downhill, they start canceling projects. Like I was going getting projects built, booked so we can start working on new stuff. And then somebody above me would go and cancel the project. And then they came back and were like, oh, we won't have any work for y'all. It's like, of course, you just canceled it all, but whatever. So um, the thing that happened, actually, was that I was talking to my then, you know, um, manager at the time, and I was telling him, hey, 
Um, you know, I think I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking about moving to Florida and, and really just pursuing my dream out there of building a wrestling game. Like I want to get closer to wrestling. You know, I never know. I might become a wrestler. Don't know how I'm feeling right now. And um, after I told him, he's like, yeah, man, you should do it. You should do it. And then um, two weeks later, basically, they told told me that they were eliminating the position um, that I was in. Like, <sighs> it, was, it was my entire team. They were like, we're, we're not doing games anymore. We're deciding to transition to something else. But they told me, they were like, but we still have an opportunity for you if you want to stay. But at that point, I just got such a, a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Um, I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, move to Florida and do my thing. So um, I let those couple months pass so I could get my degree, and after I got my degree, I was out. I think it. I think it's all. I think it all worked out. Cause the thing is, at, when you're young, you gotta you gotta go for it. You know, whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you can say you went for it, and that's what's most important. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Like you have you have to bet on yourself at least once. And you know, if it doesn't work out, you know what? You know that at the very end, at least you swung for the damn fences. Yeah. You know, it's be- it's better to swing for the fences and be like, all right, well, you know, they 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 caught it, I'm out, as opposed to being, I should have swung for the fences. I don't know why yeah. I swing for the fences. I should have did it. That's, you yeah. got to do it. That's what I see a lot. Of, like I see a lot of people. Like I see people who who shouldn't be winning that are winning, and I see people who should be winning uh, uh, aren't. And you you just got to keep you just got to keep cry, um I say crying trying rather. <laughs> So I was like, it's it's just it's just like I like it. It makes me it makes me happy. And you know what else? Like I said, what also makes me happy is the other thing I saw was uh I, I'm is it is it AKI Evolution? Is that is that yeah. the guy? Okay, yeah, because I follow him as well. He's he does a uh, uh you know mods for you know the the No Mercy the No Mercy game. I believe he's actually working on the giant total conversion from Shadow sixty four. I could be wrong, but anyway, he mentioned something about N sixty four yesterday. As a matter of fact, uh you know that he wants to get into it. You just show up like, hey man, what's your address? Oh, you talking about Antonic? Yeah, it's on Antonic. There you go, Antonic. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was just like, oh, he brought up something about about the Tuesday for Hey, what's your address, man? He's like, huh? <laughs> and the next moment, selling the N sixty four, and then, you know, it's it's a feel good moment. You just got N sixty four lying around or what? How, how'd that work? That's... No, I mean honestly, it was um, it was it was just laid on my heart. Honestly, that's that's all I can say. You know, I saw that he. He wanted one, and I know how I feel when I really, really want something. I, I go get it. You know, yeah. I'm one of those types of people. And uh, he's one of the people who I always see his name. He's always yep. tweet, retweeting my stuff. And, you know, I appreciate I'm one of the people who I appreciate support. You know, when you support me, I love it. There and, you go. That exactly. And, um, I felt that was a way for me to kind of show um, my appreciation, even though I wasn't looking for anything in return. You know, I, I really just want when I saw that's what he wanted. My first instinct was, all right, give it to him. Now I have a Nintendo 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 right here in my um, office that I never play, but um, and I was thinking like, man, I should just send him this one. But then I'm like, nah, because I know how I get. I'd be like, I, I, yeah. I want to play. This. Yeah, I want to play. I want to play no more. Oh God, <laughs> man. <laughs> so nope. I know how I get sometimes, and I go buy it again. So I'm like, um, I'm just gonna go ahead and order him a new one. And um, it, it wasn't brand new; it was a refurbished one. But. Yeah. Um, ordered him that, and then um, no mercy, so he can play it, and uh, it, it so he can start his library because he said he wants to start. It's how how crazy that this dude he 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 makes content for no mercy. He's working on a, a, a mod for no mercy, and he don't even own the game or the console. That I have my copy. It, I have my copy. It's dusty. It's, it's all dusty, but I have my copy. 
I was yeah. like, yo. So that's like a good feel good moment. That like really, I went to bed with a smile on my face. Like oh, that's good, man. We need good. <laughs> we need good people, man. Because this whole like, I mean, this particular genre is filled with decent people, but like, like the whole of Twitter there's a lot of just ugh. So it's yeah, it's yeah, nice yeah. to just see genuine people. So let's let's get into some questions because I saw um. I actually have a, a quite a few questions. Uh, not not quite a few. I have a son. Let me just let me pull them up. So uh, the first question, <laughs> what, what the hell was it? It wasn't about but the size of Batista's Johnson, but it was it was um, it was how much damage does the Batista bomb do? do? Uh, wow, I just <laughs> yeah, that's what that was the question. How much damage does the Batista bomb do in your game? Um, so fun fact, Batista was actually the reason I got into professional wrestling as a kid. Oh, do tell. Oh. Okay, elaborate. <laughs> So first off, let me ask you a question. Um, I don't know yet. It'll do enough damage. How about I put it like that? It'll oh, do enough damage. Okay. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't have anything. Th- there's yet. a follow-up question to that. Yep. Is the Batista bomb in the game? Yes. It, <laughs> called, it won't be called a Batista bomb, though. It'll be called a um, sit-out power bomb. There you go. Uh-huh. There but, you um, go. Yeah, it would definitely be in the game. And um, But to speak to that, I actually, when I was a kid, my younger brother was the wrestling fan, and I was a basketball fan. I always thought I was going to be on the Pistons. Um, and <laughs> he used to have the action figures. He used to watch the pay-per-views and everything. And then uh, one day I was at his house, um, and we were watching um, SummerSlam 2005. And it was Batista against JBL. And all I remember is the hype promo, like the promo itself. And they showed Batista coming to SmackDown, doing the pyro. And I was like, oh, shoot, I need to see what this is. And then uh, <laughs> that's, that's what hooked me, man. I was a Friday night SmackDown kid because I had a bedtime every other day of the week. <laughs> so Fridays. So uh, I watched SmackDown on Fridays. And Batista was my dude. He come out with the world heavyweight. Like, I cried when he got injured, man. I legit cried. <laughs> I was a Batista fan. I was a- how old was I? Though? I had to be like, man, seven or eight. No, I had to be a little older. I don't know. Um, you was like, you was like eleven. You like this is nonsense. I don't like you. I go hurt, but I Patricia gonna get hurt. Yeah, I was eleven. This when Mark Henry hurt him. I was really hurt about that, man. I was hurt when when um, Vader came yeah. and, and and jumped him. I was really hurt about all of that. So yeah, I was. And when Big Show and Kane choke slammed him through the car. And the announcement table, and they tore him up. I was hurt, man. And then um, I started, yeah. So I, I really got into it really close to Eddie Guerrero's death. Um, basically, like um, that's about that's about like 07, I think maybe oh six or seven around that uh, time. It was the same year. It was the same year. Um, because Jay, you got to think, Batista and JBL were feuding, and then uh, right after Batista and JBL were feuding, they announced Eddie Guerrero as the number one contender to yeah. Batista. And they were supposed to be doing a feud. They did the match at No Mercy, and then they were getting ready for Survivor Series, which was in Detroit, which is in my hometown. And then, uh, you know, a couple weeks into them getting ready to figure out what the Survivor Series teams were, Eddie Guerrero died. And uh, I remember his last match against Mr. Kennedy where he got yeah. hit with the chip. Um, and then I remember I was scared of The Undertaker in real life. Like, me and my brothers were scared <laughs> of The Undertaker. Uh, I was scared of Mass Kane, a little scared of Mad Kane. I was a little punk. But, um... I just remember Undertaker came back at that Survivor Series in Detroit, and I was at home alone in the dark watching this. Um, and it was it was the most terrifying experience. I don't know why I did that, but yeah, that, <laughs> that was something that I decided to. to I, well, no, to be fair, I didn't know he was coming back. Yeah, I was just watching the pay per view when he came back, and I was like, oh man, now I got nightmares. But yeah. So here's a fun fact about the Undertaker. So. The age difference between you and my, like, how old are you? How old are you at the moment? You're like, um, 24. 
24. Okay, so you're, you're, you got you got your whole life ahead of you. I'm old. I'm dirt. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 40, but uh, damn close. So, I remember going with my dad when I was about maybe eight, nine years old to Madison Square Garden to, for a WWF show at the time to watch uh, 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 Undertaker, and he beat Bret Hart. And I was at the garden. I saw it, and I started crying. Cause he beat Bret Hart yeah. in the garden, and I, and I and I also was terrified. Like when the lights went out, I started crying. And my dad was like, "Why are you crying, boy?" I'm like, "It's dark out here. And the other here. He's gonna take me to hell." And my dad's like, "We all way up here, boy. He ain't gonna come take you to hell. Like you better protect me." But yeah, I remember him beating Bret Hart, and I was just so devastated. I was like crying on the on the walk home to the parking lot back from the garden. I was crying on the drive all the way back to the Bronx. So like, so the point I'm making is, is that Undertaker has traumatized many generations of children. Me to you. Yep, that's funny. <laughs> that's crazy. He keeps going, man. It just it just it just continued the cycle the cycle of of, uh, of um. Of trauma, the the Undertaker brings forth. So the next question comes from uh, Good Brother Jamie, and he says, uh, "What do you believe to be the most difficult aspect of wrestling to capture in gaming format?" Ooh, I love that. That's that's an amazing question. Um, let me think of something. Um, Go ahead. You got all the time in the world. Think away. I would say crowd involvement. Okay. Um, and the reason why I'm going to say that is because I've seen it failed at so many times. Um, I can't really think of one game where I felt like the audience was more than just some 2D, 3D images with sound effects on them. Um, yeah. Oh, were you about to say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my big ass lip and pop my tongue real quick. <laughs> um, did you ever play Here Comes the Pain? Yeah, I just got it, actually. Yeah, so when you hit your finisher... The camera shakes and the crowd goes bananas. I love that. So that like that one might be the only like exception to you, to what because remember the, it's just the age difference like that you know that's one of the ones where when you're playing that you feel like the crowd but like in the newer games you don't at all. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that's, I, that basically I was just that was just gonna say like oh what about what about here comes the pain but you just <laughs> got it you enjoy yeah, it's a great game I, by the way I just yeah man it's fun I can't beat Brock Lesnar for <laughs> no. I, I, I was Goldberg, and I did a last man standing. I swear I gave him 10 spears, no, a jammer, no. an F5, and he just gave me three F5s, and yep. I lost. And I'm mad as hell. Yep. But, yeah, yeah, even speaking to that, though, like what you said about the camera shaking, like that's an element I added into the game as part of something. But even um just the roller coaster ride of, of emotion with the fans. Like I, I really I really want to capture that to a different extent past just, um you know, when finishers are hit. But, but also – the relationship that the wrestlers have with the fans, like all of the fans do not cheer the same thing. All of the yeah. fans do not care about you the same way. When you just start as a rookie, you shouldn't get any fanfare at all. Hardly, you know? So that's something that I want to build with different mechanics. So I have things like popularity um, and popularity is a lot different from heat. So you can get popularity where people love you, but you can also get heat where people, um, if you're a heel, people love who you are. But they hate the character, you know. Like, yeah, no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. M like, M MJF. Like, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> he, he, he is probably the epitome of a heel. Um, but the thing about it is, he is a heel in the ring. Like, he's supposed to be a heel, yet the fans love him. Um, and that's something that I want to happen in my game. Where, yeah, you can be a cool heel. 
Like, um, if if you're a cool heel, you know, you're, you got a lot of popularity, but the fans still love you. So you go in the ring and you do dirty tactics, but the fans go crazy for it. You know, little things like that, like a Marty Skrull, like the villain character, something like that, where it, it doesn't just feel like a can't heel face tween. It's, it's, it's heel. Um, you got your hated heels like a Baron Corbin, like that go away heat where it doesn't matter what you do, the fans hate you. Then you yeah. got the cool heel, which is somebody who the fans love, but even though they're not supposed to. Then you got the um baby face, like a squeaky clean baby face that the fans love, think of Ray Mysterio. But then you also have like a baby face badass, like a fiend, the fiend, where he he comes and he just wrecks everybody. And the fans love the character and he doesn't have to always play by the rules. So these are different elements of the character. And that's where I think um, and that's I'm going deeper right now. But the thing about it is when you think fan involvement, you can't just think, okay, there are two wrestlers. Let's make fans around. them. I I think a little deeper um, and I want to say more psychological about it. I want to go with personalities. Like, let's look at the personality traits. Are you arrogant? Are you, you know, are you cocky? Are you risky? Are you uh, fun? Are you goofy? Like these different things, the popularity, um, the orientation and level of orientation, all of these things need to come into play when you have fans and how the fans react to you. Um, So I I really want to play into that. And then also on top of that, being able to interact with the fans on a one-on-one basis outside of the ring. So I have merch tables in my game, which I think I'll be, you know, one of the first games to do it. I know it, it, it's probably been touched on, but I'm really going a little, I'm trying to go a little deeper with it where yeah. you can design your own merch and then you can actually sit at a table and fans will come up to you and you can have a conversation with fans in the game. And then based on that, like think the real view, how you can go around. And, and, and I'm the type of person where I bought all these classic games that had systems I loved and then I played through them again to see why I love them. So I, I have Thrill Bill, which had that element of interacting with people. And then based on that, you know, it helps you out, gets you more popular or, or gains you new fans or loses you fans. Yeah. And then um, NBA 2K5, which I think is the only game that really had it, but it was a mode called the Association where um, you would run a team. And your team, like the the roster on your team would actually come in and have a conversation with you and be like, hey, I'm not feeling the best or um, I'm not you know, liking this. And I think those are different things that I, I really can dive into, not just with the roster, the wrestlers, but the fans. And then all of this needs to go lead back to the ring, like your fan connection needs to lead back into the ring and affect how these fans are reacting to you. And then when you're going up and down in the match, like the fans need to react with you if they care enough, you know? Um, so that that's, you can tell how hard that system is just by me talking about yeah, it. Yeah, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to wrap my head because I like, I like the concept, but I'm trying to wrap my head on how specifically the system works because this kind of leads into uh, a question I'll ask in a, in a little bit. But like, I like the, the, the ideal wrestling game. And, and this is just, uh, I'm going to be narcissistic for a second. Like, cause more or less the vision that I have is kind of like what you, what you basically trying to do. Like I want, I like the idea of, of some kind of a world that you log into. Right. And like you might, I might have my own spot, but then you got your spot and then your friend has his spot. And then this other guy has a spot and it's just, they're all there. And you can be either like a worker or a creator, or a manager, or you can be the guy who builds the arenas and sells them to other promotions, or you can be the guy or the girl or whoever who who builds the merchandise and sells the merchandise they make for other people, like like all these kinds of systems. So it's kind of like almost like like a a, a San Andreas or the, or or, mm-hmm. or a GTA or almost an MMO, but it's just like all of these things to come together 
it's it's incredibly ambitious. And I'm yeah. just curious to see, like, because, see, you have the right idea. By t- well, first of all, you have the experience, but then you also have all these different games where you can pick ideas from, like, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. How'd they do it? How's it work? And then, like, how can I put – well, you, I'm saying, like, like, like you, like, mm-hmm. how would you put your spin on that? It's just, like, it is incredibly ambitious. What, what do you think realistically that, like, realistically, what are, like, the, the focus goals to, like, to, to hit first? Realistically, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of that, I, I said I wanted to release something in December. Like, I'm not 100% sure what it is. It might be a simple system, but um, the things that I have put the most focus on are um, these this creation suite. First off, because when you have the creation suite out there, people can keep the game going. You know, they can keep oh, yeah. Hell yeah. characters, moves, arenas, all of that merch. I don't have to worry about it. Nope. So, um, creation system was my number one thing to keep the game going once it's out. Um, number two is the gameplay. Um, you know, being able to choose moves, gain energy, gain momentum, have a basic match like that. That's the number two. Um, and then number three would be beginning to get out these my indie mode elements, such as um the merch table being available, you being able to travel from town to town. So um, I'm I'm working I'm working in um an agile method. So in take they really they talk about you know waterfall approach versus an agile approach waterfall is um think pro wrestling x uh I'll use oh it man now i'm not i'm not trying to throw shade or no anything. you don't have to throw shade yeah. i can throw shade for pro wrestling x but i'm sorry continue i'm a, oh boy yeah. i'll let you go but the thing I'm, I'm i was about to say is um they kind of use both elements right when they first started it seemed a lot more waterfall they wanted to get you know all these different things in um, for the game, make it like New Mercy and all of that and put it out. And that's that's what you call a waterfall approach where, you know, you get everything done and make it perfect. And this might take years, months, however long it'll take, and then you release it. Um, the problem with doing that is, first off, you miss out on a lot of opportunities. Like, I could be working on this game trying to make it 100% perfect, and then the PS7 is out. And I don't miss it. And, um, yep. That, yep. That's that's been one of my fears, and that's what I'm trying. While I'm trying to be realistic with my goals, I'm giving myself and not overwhelm myself, but make my systems where um I can easily throw them in place. Like I have different systems where I've started a little bit, where I'm like, okay, well this is a good start. So now when I actually get more content, I can come back and flesh that mug out. Um, another another thing is the agile approach, and that is where they are now, where um they put the game on early access. And then, however, so often they'll throw an update, and mm-hmm. that's that's really what I'm trying to do with this. But the thing is, I'm with my work. I'm trying to get it out. Like I want people to see my vision as soon as possible. So you want like I'm a perfectionist to to a T. But agile works for me perfectly because I can put the game out here, let people know, hey, excuse, um, hey, the game is not 100% finished. The game is not 100% perfect. But the thing about it is this game is modular. So if you want to go ahead and take what you currently have and add to this game with characters and arenas and all of that stuff, please be my guest and just know that the features are, you know, definitely coming while I work on them. So I want to at least have a wrestling game out where you can have a full blown match um, and then, you know, you can create whatever you want to create. And that would be enough, I think, to suffice for maybe a good month or two while I while I, while I take more time to build out the rest of these systems to make sure they work how I want them to. But the thing is that everything, everything, all of these systems that I'm talking about are um, is, is really math based math and content. Like I, I'm not having to build out um, 
too much more to get it there. Just like the moves. Like for the moves, you would think, okay, I'm doing a lot of work for these moves, but I can make like, if I really wanted to speed through, I can make like 10 moves a day if I'm just concentrating on moves. And then, then how, how are you, are you, are you, cause, cause here's the thing when, when it comes to the moves, are they, well, obviously I don't think, do you have a mocap studio? I don't know. Like, or are you oh, doing yeah, the animation? Yeah, let me go deeper. So I actually did have mocap. I did mocap with the Young Bucks on the original version of the game. Okay. I commissioned them and um, I actually steered away from the traditional style of animation altogether. So you, in my game, you're not going to see what you see in 2K or Pro Wrestling X or um, Shikara Pro Wrestling. Like, you're not going to see that animation style. When you look at my game, I'm taking people back to um, stop motion with um think think like the action figures and and i watch I, ha- I follow a lot of them on youtube and i check out their animation style and i like how it's really just the impactful frames you know where you can see what's going on through like three pictures so um that's the style that my animations are it, it's just i pose them and you know whatever position i need to pose them for and then i have a camera panning around and sound effects added to it so it really makes it feel alive so my german suplex is first it shows you behind the opponent then it shows the punted up in the air and then, you know, right on the head with the impact sound effect ring shaking all of that. Okay. So you, it's, do, it's a lot do you do you have a, like a, an example? Um, well, not now, obviously, but it, not not. I, I mean, like at this moment, but because I didn't see one. I was just trying to see if I could. Because I just saw I, all I saw was the the uh, like uh, what's, what's it called? The, the the actual characters, not in motion. Like, is there uh-huh. any example of, of the of the style, like any videos, any gifts, anything like that? Um, I did have a gift of the Panama Sunrise um, that I did, and I'm trying to see. Um, you can you can send it after. I just I was just curious in general to to see how it look you know how it looks in in practice. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can. Um, actually, yeah, if you go to my Twitter, um, look at that pen tweet. That's an example. That's oh. an insecurity right there. Okay, give me uh, now. Now I gotta take a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check that out. I want to get your opinion while we on here. All right. So that's going to do it for uh, part one of the two-part uh, series with Shannon Williams and Spot Callers, Grind City Gaming. I mean, like like you heard, yo, it was, it's fun. We're going to get my uh, my take on the moves. He's going to go into, you know, the moves and the animations next week. We're going to talk a little bit about the Q&A, that, uh, the questions we receive from the OCW Fed community. We're going to learn more. And we're just going to keep the the party rolling next week. So I just wanted to thank everybody for checking out this episode. I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Shannon Williams for being a gracious guest. It was fun as hell. And uh, if you notice, I haven't even swore. I feel good about myself. I'm a, I'm a big boy now. And also, uh, if you like the episode, please feel free to support us. It's OCWFed.com. If you want to you know, compete or if you just want to be a fan, you can check us out at OCWFed TV. You'll always get all the episodes of the podcast there. On YouTube, that is OCWFed. Uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv OCWFed. We do live streams, wrestling games, mostly WWE 2K19 because it's not broken. A lot of Fire Pro stuff that's wacky, wild commentary with myself and uh, the good brother Jake Allen. It's a lot of fun. Feel free to join us. Feel free to subscribe and follow. We have Patreon, but don't worry about that right now. We'll get to that later. And if you yourself are a content creator in this genre and you would like to be a guest on This Will Be Named Later, or that's what it's called. I think that's what it's called. This will be named later podcast. Sure. Sounds about right. Um, hit me up on Twitter at OCWFed. That's O-C-W-F-E-D on Twitter. And we'll make arrangements. You could also shoot us an email at OCWFed at gmail.com. That's O-C-W-F-E-D 
at gmail.com. Love to talk to you. Love to get your take on content creation and shoot the breeze. So with that being said, thank you so much for your time. We will see you next week. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy your loved ones and all that good stuff. And by all means, please, please, please try to avoid playing WWE 2K20 until they fix it. Or if you can get it all set for 15 bucks, go for it. Because those jackasses don't deserve your money. Thank you. Have a great night. We out of here. Peace in the East. The East? I don't know. Whatever. I'm making it up. All right, later.